Number one, how we produce the things that God wants us to produce is through influence and being influenced. Influence and being influenced. Your relationships, listen to me, your relationships determine your spiritual production and growth. Your relationships, obviously with God, but I'm not talking about that right now. Your relationships affect and impact and determine the fruitfulness of your life. If you're going to produce love and joy and peace and patience and all of these things, you should expect or you should have the people around you sowing those things into your life. Because if it's the law of nature, you become like your friends. You become like who you hang out with. And so if you are hanging around people that are, that are bitter and angry and, and they gossip and they're fr- frustrated and they're mad and they're always going to lose it, don't be surprised when that's how you behave. You following me? Because what you invest in, that's what you're going to reap. And who you surround yourself with ultimately produces those things. And so he tells us, he tells us who we surround us with and then how we treat those people matters. He says to do good to others. Verse 10 sums it up. He says, so then, as we have opportunity, listen, let us do good to everyone. That's a high calling, right? Because a lot of times we don't want to do good to everyone. There's very few people, actually, that I want to do good to. Most of the people I'm annoyed at. Most of the people I'm like, why are you even looking at me? Like, excuse me, I'm walking here. Like, uh, that's my parking spot. Thank you very much. Um, could you please move faster in the Chipotle line? And, 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 but he tells us to do good to everyone. We are to be a positive influence and for the people around us. How do we do that? Well, he tells us a few ways. Number one is we encourage people to do what's right. Sometimes when you encourage people to do what's right, that means you have to correct them. This is something that is really has been pushed away from in our culture today. Culture today thinks that loving somebody means allowing them to do whatever they want to do. And, and, and loving people means just ignore their flaws, ignore the, their, the things that they're doing, and just accept them as they are, leave them alone, and don't talk about anything, just love. Which love is great. I'm, I'm all for it. Like, it's great. I want more love. We all need a little more love. Like, amazing. But love, just love, like, love, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's just like this ambiguous, floating love. But it's like, I'm going to curse at you at the dri- like, while I'm driving. But I love everyone. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's like love. It's ambiguous. But it's not, it's not specific. It's not really love. Because real love is actually not afraid to sort of get their hands dirty a little bit. And sometimes out of love, you've got to go to your friend and be like, hey, bro, you're being an idiot. Like, hey, um, I, th- I think what you're doing, it's not only going to harm you, but it's going to harm the people. I don't think that that's the best life for you, and it's definitely not what God wants for you. And sometimes encouraging people to do what's right means correcting them in what's wrong. Now, that doesn't mean we judge people. That doesn't mean we're better than people. The gospel is not about that. The gospel makes everybody the same. The gospel says you're a sinner. That's where you are. That's the sound of being a sinner. 
Like everybody's the same. And then through faith in Jesus, we all receive forgiveness and access to the plans of God. Everybody's the same though. And so we don't go around judging people thinking like, oh my gosh, you're such a sinner. I can't believe you did that. Oh, gross. I can't even be around you. No. We go and we humbly, that's what he says. He says, humbly, he says, be careful lest you fall. He says, we humbly correct people so that they can, they can change. So we encourage people. He also tells us to build up when people have failed. Christians have notoriously been good at cutting people down for doing things wrong and then moving on. Right, so we go like, you can't do that. You gotta change. How oh, that's so bad. Ew, you're gross. All right, see you later. Like, you better change. I hope you're changed already. Have you got it together yet? And Chris, obviously, like from over, like literally from over here, shouting at people to change their life. And what Paul actually talks about is the idea is we, we come alongside people and we're like, I messed up too. And I've got problems too, and I'm not here to judge you or to cast the first stone or anything like that. I'm here to walk with you through life change. And so often we want to be the people that just shout from the rooftop and say, hey, you need to change. You need to get your life together, blah, 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 rather than saying, hey, I'm going to walk with you through the difficulties and pains of life. And then the third thing, we need to help people. We need to help people. We need to allow people to lean on us. I am, if I can just confession time for a moment, is that okay if I just, honesty in church for a moment, what a concept. I like want to see people grow, but I, forgive me, I love all of you, so I'm talking about you, but I, like my fuse is kind of short for like really needy people. I'm like, golly, how many times a week are you gonna, just get it together, man. And sometimes like we're like, we're quick to extend, like, oh, my gosh, I'm here for you. Anything you need, I love you. I'm here for you. And they text you, and you're like, oh, my gosh, if I get another text from this person, I'm going to lose my mind. And what helping people is, helping people is actually going, like, I am going to sacrifice my own time and energy and efforts to be a blessing. And so he says, you need to have the people that you influence, and you need to make sure that you're influencing them with encouragement to build them up and to help. But then also, he tells us that who you're influenced by matters as well. Look at verse six. He says, let the one who is taught the word share all good things with the one who teaches. Let the one who's taught the word share all good things with the one who teaches. What he's talking about specifically is a, a pastor to a disciple. Right, really what he's talking to? He's talking to me as the teacher and to you as the person coming to church. That's specifically what he's talking about. But notice that he says, let them share all good things. That there's a relationship thing that happens. And, and if I can take it out of the context of pastor to pews, if you will, um, let me talk about the people that you allow to have influence over your life. Because like whether the, you're here because you're hoping that the word of God will have influence over your life. That's why we do this whole thing. That's why I come up here for 20 minutes and yell at you and like try to make you laugh and move on, right? Like it's because we want the word of God to get into our hearts and change us. And, and so this is a form of influence. But listen, it doesn't just happen here. The conversations that you have with people and who you allow, who you give your ear to and say, hey, I need help in this area of my life. And then who you listen to matters. 
because they're either going to influence you into the things of God or they're going to influence you in another direction. And so we all need to have people that are influencing us for the kingdom of God. And then we need people in our life that we can influence for the kingdom of God. That we need people that are going to encourage us and build us up and help us. Right? We need people that encourage us to do what's right. To to build us up when we fail. To help us when we feel alone. And we need people that we do the same thing to. We need people that we encourage. We need people that we build up. We need people that we help when they need it. And when you've got the right relationships, when you're being influenced and you are having that, you're seeing the things that God wants you to produce. Because who you hang out with matters. Second thing, you guys with me? Okay, it's not only the, the influence, influence, but it's also about investing and endurance. It's about invest and endurance. He tells us a couple things we do so that we can show or produce the fruit of the Spirit. He tells us, number one, to sow to the Spirit. Verse 7, don't be deceived. God is not mocked. I like that verse. It's a powerful verse. Right? Christian mentioned in his, in his students share that, that when in class when, when people were sort of mocking God. And we sometimes feel defensive, like I need to stand up for God. I, I love this. He says, God's not mocked. Nothing's going to get God down. He always wins. God's not mocked. But then he says, whatever one sows, that he will also reap. What he's saying is, law. this doesn't change. For the one who sows to his own flesh will from the flesh reap corruption. The one who sows to the spirit will from the spirit reap eternal life. It is a law. You must sow into your relationship with God. Too often, I have conversations with young people that they say they feel far from God. You ever felt like that? You felt like, I feel far from God. I feel like God doesn't listen to me or God doesn't care about me. Or, or maybe at one point I felt God. We, we depend a lot on our feelings and I'm the same way where I want to feel. I want to feel the presence of God. And maybe at one time in your life you really felt that. Maybe now you don't. And so you feel far from God. You feel disconnected from God. You feel like you're not where you're supposed to be. But a lot of times people, hey, so you feel far from God. Um, have you been praying reading your Bible, talking to your friends about us? It's like, well, no, not really. Well, I kind of know why you feel far from God. Because you're not where God wants you to be. Right? It, it would be like me saying, like, man, I just feel so distant from my friend. And I'd be like, well, have you texted them? Have you hung out with them? Have you invited them over? Well, no. Well, then, of course you feel far from them. You're not with them. Like, oh, we just feel so distant. We're just like, have you, have you asked them to hang out? Okay, there's your answer. And sometimes we feel far from God, and it's like, well, are you praying? Are you reading your Bible? Are you worshiping? Are you, are you, are you talking to your friends about them? Well, no. Well, there you go. You've got to sow to the Spirit. You've got to invest in the things of God. You've got to invest in your relationship with God. How can you sow gossip and trashy entertainment and empty conversations and bad decisions and expect to be close to God? The way you get close to God is by doing the things that God wants you to do. It's the law of sowing and reaping. It is, it is as ridiculous to say, I am mad at the banana tree not producing apples to say, I'm not sowing in my relationship with God and mad that I feel far from God. 
Because when you sow to the things of God, you will reap, he says, of the Spirit, eternal life. And so we've got to invest in the right things. But listen, here's, here's sort of the second part of this, because maybe you don't feel like that. Maybe you're like, well, I am reading my Bible, and I am praying, and I am worshiping, and I do talk to my friends about Jesus, and yet I still, still feel far from God. Sometimes it isn't that you're do, you aren't doing the right thing, but it, not enough time has passed. Listen to this. Look at verse 9. He says, and by the way, don't grow weary of doing good. For, everyone say for. In due season, we will reap if we don't give up. So he's saying, he's saying it's not that you're not sowing. It's that you haven't sowed long enough. It's, it's that you haven't had enough time sowing so that you can reap what God has for you. You need endurance in investing in your relationship with God. Spirit fruit happen overnight. To, to produce love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and self-control, it doesn't come overnight. It's something that happens over time as we continue to produce and continue to invest in the things that God has for you. I'm going to close with this. Worship team, you guys can come back up. I was reading about plants this week. Right? I mean, obviously, we're talking about the fruit of the Spirit. We're talking about sowing and reaping. You got to do a little bit of homework. Like Hannah talked about it last week. I got to do a little bit of homework. Jump on Google, right? A little bit of homework. Jump on Google. Like you put your, your actual question into Google. Like, please, is there a forum somewhere that somebody answered an essay form for me? So I was doing a little research talking about plants, right? One particularly interesting group of flowers called perennials. Did I say that right? Perennials. Okay, so one particularly interesting group of flowers called perennials, they have what is referred to as the sleep, creep, leap cycle. I like that because it rhymes. I like rhymes. I, I like whenever I can make like my message points and stuff rhyme. Like that's like kind of my goal every time. Doesn't always happen. It didn't happen at all this week. Anyways, um, the sleep, creep, and leap cycle. All right, so if you got nothing out of this message, remember sleep, creep, and leap. When you plant these, these types of flowers, for the first year, they do nothing. For the first year, they literally do, no, you planted them in the ground, and it's still just dirt where you planted them for an entire year. So if you were, if you plant, you'd think that something was wrong. Right? Like imagine you're like hundreds of years ago planting this flower. You're like, oh, I'm going to plant this flower. And you go and check it. And for an entire year, nothing happens. You'd be like, this is broken. Like something happened. Like, what's that thing called? Photos what is it? Yeah, the life cycle, the water cycle. So, did somebody say photosynthesis? Yeah. Yeah, that's, yeah. so all, all that stuff. You're like, something's broken in photosynthesis. What happens? So, so for, a, for a whole year, it's laying in the ground doing nothing. Second year, the second year, it's called the creep, creep part of the cycle. And a little bit shows. A little bit shows. So for the first entire year, nothing. And then the second year, just a little bit. You're like, oh my gosh, I forgot about you. You're, still, you're hanging in there, buddy. Good for you. 
And then after the third year, so three years have passed, it's called the leap, the leap moment. And this, in the third year, this plant grows to its full size and produces a flower in that third year. So the first year, nothing. Second year, a little bit. Third year, it does everything it's going to do. Now, the reason I bring that up is because so often that's what it feels like when we're investing in the things of God. We're, we're planting, we're, we're, we're abiding, we're doing the things that God wants us to do. And we're like, are you asleep? Like, why are you still frustrated? Why are you still angry? Why aren't you producing light? Why aren't you more joyful? Why, why? And there's a temptation to give up and say, it's dead. It didn't work. It's dead. But then what often happens is as you keep planting, as you keep sowing, as you keep investing in the things of God, a little bit starts to change. And all of a sudden, maybe that reaction that you've had every single time that person said that thing, you reacted differently. And all of a sudden, you, you acted with grace or with empathy or with love. And you're like, where did that come from? You ever been there? You're like, I know me, that's not me. Like, I usually get bent out of shape over stuff like that. And I'm like, for some reason, I'm not bent out of shape. Like, I'm cool with it. That's crazy, something's happening. And then, let me tell you, over a period of time, as you continue to invest in the things of God, things are really going to begin to change. You're going to grow like crazy. And all of a sudden, things that you struggled with and things that you thought or ways that you were broken or ways that, that you were hoping, that you, were, you, you thought you would never get over, God does something supernatural in your life, and all, you're leaping. You're not sleeping anymore. You're not just creeping. You're leaping. God is doing something in your life. It's changing you. You're being transformed. But let me tell you, you can grow weary of it. And when your friends give up on walking with God, and when the culture around you says it's not cool to walk with Jesus, and, and when things aren't going your way, and there's a temptation inside of you to say, do you know what? I'm giving up. I'm just going to go the way everybody else is going. Let me tell you, don't grow weary in doing good. Keep planting. Keep trusting. Keep moving forward. Keep walking with God. Because he says, he says, you will, you will produce you will bear fruit if you don't lose heart. Man, maybe some of you tonight have lost heart. Maybe some of you tonight are just like, man, I feel alone in all of this. I don't feel like anybody's walking with God with me. Well, look around. Like, you're not alone in this. There's people here that want the same thing as you. Maybe not all of us. Maybe some of us are here for the wrong reason. That's besides the point. Let God deal with that. For us, we're going to say, I'm here for the right reason, and I want to be around people that are here for the right reason, and I'm going to keep investing in the things of God, and I'm going to allow God to transform me from the inside out and make that impact that God's called me to make. So, Father, we thank you for your...